Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Millennium Pod, a Star Wars podcast by me, Ari. You can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram at MillenniumPod underscore. I'm super excited to be back once again. Uh, as usual, I love recording and I'm extra excited this week just because uh, it is Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada and I am home visiting my family, which means I am recording back where it all began. I started this podcast in uh, in our garage here at home um, in March when I was when I was living here because I had I had nothing else to do thanks to COVID um, and it was great. And uh, so I feel a little nostalgic. I don't know if even that's the right word, but I, I'm feeling it. Um, just, you know, being back in, in the garage here <laughs> recording. Um, but yeah, so this is going to be uh, another another Visions episode. Um, it's just me this week. I am crazy busy right now with practicum and uh, school sports and all this stuff. So I was like, you know what? I I can only find time to organize myself um, this week, so it's just me, but I'm super excited to chat today about um, the episode, I don't even know what episode number it is, but it's T.O.B. 1. Super cute, super wholesome. I really, really liked this episode, so I'm super excited to chat about it with y'all. But first... I would like to talk about very exciting announcement we had in the Star Wars community this week, a few days ago, and that is about uh, some of the new canon novels we're going to be getting in 2022. And I'm I'm really excited. Um, I, I mean, yes, I have an extremely long uh, to read list, but I'm still excited to add these books to it. Um, because they sound really, really good. Um, I'm assuming most people have heard at least sort of talk of, of, about what uh, these new these new canon novels are going to be, but I want to talk about them briefly now because, I mean, this is a Star Wars podcast, so I feel inclined to talk about uh, Star Wars news as well. So uh, I'm looking on StarWars.com right now. And the first book that is listed is the one that's going to be called Shadow of the Sith. And it's the book that takes place after the Return of the Jedi. And it follows Luke and Lando, which, I mean, that's all I need to know is that it's a book about Luke and Lando to be interested. <laughs> um, but it, it finds them on a mission trying to locate Exegol. So we're starting to see, you know, how uh, Disney and Lucasfilm is kind of expanding the sequel storyline, which is super exciting for me, who is a sequel fan. Um, I want to see more. I want to know more um, surrounding the films. And it, it's also exciting because I know that um, a lot of the other media around the prequels, for example have made them better for me. So I'm hoping that this will kind of help um, other people potentially enjoy the sequels a bit more. And if not, that's fine. I will I will keep all these books to myself. Nobody wants to enjoy them, but I'm really excited about this book because um, I think it'll be kind of like kind of giving us some more background knowledge because we do know from The Rise of Skywalker that Luke was searching for Exegol and the Sith Wayfinder. So I think it'll be really interesting to kind of see that backstory there. Um... And likely, I believe I read in a description somewhere, we'll be getting to see more about Ray's parents, Ray's family, which is always super exciting. But yeah, I am, I am excited that they are expanding the sequel verse um, a bit more because uh, while I disagree with a lot of sequel complaints, I can agree that some of it 
just watching the movies, some there are some holes. So I'm excited to have some of those holes filled. And uh, hopefully other people are excited, too. I, I have seen a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, this is them trying to rewrite the sequels. No, no, it's not. It's them expanding. And it's them filling in the same way that the Clone Wars didn't rewrite the prequels, but it expanded it. And it made the whole story more cohesive and fun, at least for me anyway. Um, I love the prequels now, which is in large part due to watching the Clone Wars and then being excited to see those characters again in live action. Um, the second, speaking of prequels, the next novel is Star Wars Brotherhood, and it's going to follow Obi-Wan and Anakin, um, during the Clone Wars. Again, I heard it's, we're going to find out about what that business on Cato Numordia is. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and again, I'm, I'm excited that in the same way that uh, Shadow of the Sith is going to expand the sequels, this is going to continue to expand the prequels more and expand upon a relationship that we already all know and love, which is, of course, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Is it going to hurt even more now when Anakin turns? Absolutely. But I'm here for it. I'm used to Star Wars causing pain. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited uh, to read this because I sounds kind of like it's going to be clone wars but book form which is super super fun and and exciting um the next one on the list here is stories of jedi and sith which is supposed to be a middle grade anthology that has 10 different authors so i guess that means at least 10 stories um there's not a lot right here that i'm reading about it but it does sound pretty pretty good i'm excited to read that as well i i'm loving obviously i'm doing a whole series on visions which is an anthology as well um so i really like that type of thing and now for the one i'm most excited for which is padawan um i'm so excited about this one not for the reason that most people are excited. Most people I've talked to or heard from are like super excited because basically we're getting two new Obi-Wan novels because this one is, there's the other one, The Brotherhood, and then this one, which is following Obi-Wan as a young Padawan. Um, and people are excited for Padawan Obi-Wan content, which I mean, totally fair. I am too. However, I believe we're collectively missing the point that is very largely uh, in our face here, and that is that if we are getting Padawan Obi-Wan, that means we are getting more Qui-Gon content. And if you've listened to this podcast at all, you'd know that I love Qui-Gon. He is easily in my top three like favorite characters, like probably tied for favorite. I love this man. I absolutely loved Master and Apprentice because we got more insight into him. In uh, what book did I just read? The Padme books, um, the one about the Phantom Menace, Queen's Peril. Good Lord, I had to think about that for a second. Um, that one, there's like crumbs, crumbs of Qui-Gon. I think he says like three lines in the whole book and I was absolutely losing it because I was just so excited. So I am thrilled at the prospect of a young Obi-Wan book, because that means indirectly we will be getting more Qui-Gon. And that is just truly all I could ask for. The only thing more that I want from Star Wars is for him to show up in the Kenobi show. We will see if that happens. But this is just, this is very exciting for me. Uh, I will be putting all other books that are on my list on hold when that book comes out. And I will be reading it immediately because... I need more of content from my space dad. So very exciting that. Um, 
that's all I wanted to say. That was a little longer than I want to talk, but I got very excited about these books. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited and I hope, um, everybody listening is also super excited because the Star Wars canon novels so far have just been absolutely incredible. Um, like they're all, they're all just incredible. If you haven't actually read any Star Wars canon novels yet, I would highly, highly encourage you to do so. Um, like they're, they're all just wow. They might be my favorite part of Star Wars. I should do more podcast episodes on the books because they're all so good. But the main part of this episode that I did want to talk about is, of course, another Visions episode, which, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about TOB1 today. Um, I love this episode. It's just, I, as I said previously, it's so cute. It's so wholesome. It just made me feel good. I've watched it several times and every time I'm just like, yes, I just, I just feel so satisfied watching it. Um, I think it's because it just feels like so Star Wars. I mean, not even getting into like deeper meanings of how it feels Star Wars. Like it, it, the planet they're on literally looks like Tatooine. I mean, we've got the twin suns. We've got the little house they're in it kind of has Tatooine vibes. It's desolate. It's just feels very a new hope. This is where it all began vibes. And I, I love it. And even, you know, the idea of T.O.B. one, you know, a cybernetic boy wanting to become a Jedi is just very Luke Skywalker, you know, a, a kind of ordinary-ish child. I mean, obviously being cybernetic isn't like that ordinary, but he's made out to be, you know, just like an ordinary kid who dreams of more. Um, in this case, he knows what he wants. He knows he wants to be a Jedi. Luke didn't know that at first, but he did dream of more. He dreamed of, you know doing more so it's very it's very luke skywalker farm boy vibes and i i really like it um because of course i mean luke is again along with qui-gon tied for like favorite characters so um i'm always gonna like things that are, are that vibe um but this this episode also just had like so many emotions packed into like 13 minutes like it's incredible um you know, we go from seeing a young, yeah, young child dreaming of something big and then facing conflict and, and losing his mentor, which is obviously devastating. Um, but then going through that and working through that to then become successful and, and honor his mentor's legacy and then further to defeat, to defeat evil, um, kind of like in the name of his mentor with his mentor. It's just, it's such a beautifully arced story. I'm, I've said this 17 times already. I really liked it. Um, I have not yet watched all of Visions because I'm trying to kind of, well, A, I don't have a lot of free time these days, but B, I'm also trying to kind of watch them and watch each one a couple times and then kind of talk about it on the pod and keep going so that I'm really engaging with it um, because I think it's so great and I want to take out as much as I can from it. But uh yeah. The other, the other big thing that I, big theme, I guess, um, aside from, you know, just finding yourself and fulfilling your dreams and finding your place kind of where you are, which is, I think the big theme of this is of course the power of names. Um, we see eventually Professor Mitaka in like the vision calls T.O.B. one Toby. It's like, this is your name. Like, this is who you are. Um, and we can see the impact that has on Toby because now he feels like, you know, he is, can be what he wants. He can be a Jedi. He has found his place. And then 
even uh, later when the Inquisitor um, doesn't call him that, and he's like, it's Toby, like he's taken on that name, and we can see that that name has meaning to him. And this is a theme that is found throughout Star Wars. I mean, obviously the big one, well, two big ones I'm thinking of are, of course, the clones coming up with their names and their identity. Um, we see that and how important that is to them throughout all of the Clone Wars. And then uh, the other big one, of course, is Finn in the sequels, finding his name from his number. Um, and I think I think it is important to remember that names do have power and names are very important in Star Wars. Uh, not even just like for people who go from numbers to actual names and identities, but even just like someone like Kylo Ren who has taken on this, this name and really kind of come behind that. Like names have so much power. Um, even when we could talk about like Ray taking the Skywalker name, taking on that legacy, taking on that name. Um, and I, as someone who's never really thought much about like my name personally or like cared um, or really had any like meaning behind it, I think it's really interesting uh, to see, you know, how impactful that is. And I know like for a lot of people who do have connections to their names and who have really like important ties to that, it's really cool to see that in Star Wars. Um, and just see kind of the power we have with names and all, all the meanings. So, uh, yeah, I really like that as well. Um, it was kind of like when he was TOB1 was then called Toby by Professor Murtaugh. It was like kind of like, a, I don't know if metaphor is the right word. Cause once again, I don't really do English very well, but, um, it was kind of a metaphor, so to speak of him kind of taking on this identity and becoming what he wanted, becoming a Jedi. So um, I really like that. That was a big ramble about names. It may not have made sense, but it made sense in my brain. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, this, yeah, as I said, like this episode just all tied together so beautifully. Um, just classic, just classic, very well, very simple, very well thought out. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. Then, of course, the other really beautiful thing about this episode is now Toby is going to go out um, and he's going to take what he's learned um, and learned, you know, both in terms of how he has kind of saved his home planet and created life on it. He's going to take that knowledge and those skills and he's also going to take the skills he's learned as a Jedi um, and he's going to go out and he's going to go help other planets uh, restore life and become beautiful again. Um which I think is really, really lovely, especially because we can assume that this takes place kind of post-Clone Wars, kind of early to mid-Empire-ish. There's Inquisitors. Um, and so we can assume that much of the galaxy has been war-torn and is not beautiful or not beautiful as it could be. And so the idea that he's going to go out and he's going to help restore life, um, I think that to me, that means life, like, you know, plants, animals, that kind of life, but also life, like, in the people that he's going to go and see and the lives he's going to go touch. And, uh, this, this episode is just so, it's just so lovely. It's just such a lovely, and it's, it's so lovely because there wasn't, it wasn't like it was just all nice and, and, and beautiful. No, like, there was a dark part, but then we end with, of course, Star Wars' key theme, which is hope and moving on and, and finding peace and beauty, you know, even in the terrible circumstances. Um, and so I really, really like the ending, especially when Toby says something along the lines of, we're going to go out and bring life to other planets. And as I said, I think that's life, you know, in all forms. Um, 
because that's what Jedi do. And you can tell like, he really, he's wanted to be a Jedi for so long. And it works because he, he genuinely understands and embodies what a Jedi is supposed to be. And that is someone who helps and who takes care of um, other people and who brings hope and who brings light. And wow. Uh, I think here's a hot take. It might not be a hot take. Here's a take I have. Toei would be an excellent High Republic Jedi because their mantra is, of course, for light and life. And that is really what I think he embodies uh, throughout this. I mean, he could have easily, after Professor Bitaka uh, was unalived, he could have easily just curled up in a ball, but he decided he was going to keep up the professor's work and then in turn um, was able to bring life back to the planet, become a Jedi, and now he can keep going. So yeah, he definitely would fit in very well with those Jedi because um, they're all very hopeful and there's some some bad things happen in the High Republic time and they keep going uh, for light and life, which is just so lovely. Um, as a side note, if you haven't gotten to the High Republic yet, I've said it before, I'll say it again. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you waiting for? It is so good. And despite how painful some parts of it are, I will I will say I will not sugarcoat it. There is some serious pain in those books. Um, it is so beautiful and wholesome because the whole the whole vibe is just let's be hopeful and i think we need a lot of that uh in our real world um so it's nice to see it in star wars uh, but yeah as i said i loved this episode i hope you guys loved it too um i can definitely see myself just rewatching it as like a comfort thing um also as a just a complete side note like the fight scene between toby and the inquisitor is super super sick um like really really cool i loved it um as a complete side note but um yeah that's all i kind of had written down this episode was a little bit uh not as in-depth as maybe i could have gone but uh i am i'm at home visiting family so this is this is what we get but um yeah, I love this episode and I hope you did too. I can't, I'm going to have to re-listen to this and count how many times I said I loved this episode. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that is everything. Um, so thank you all for listening. If you're still here um, after almost 20 minutes of me rambling about books I'm excited for and my current favorite visions episode. So um yeah, please feel free to reach out to me on um, social media. I would love to hear from you, um, as always, and I um, hope you're having a great day, night, morning, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are listening, and of course, as always, may the force be with you.